Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis Entertainment and your host for Media Mavens podcast. I'm here today with Travis Apple, Vice President of General Sports Worldwide. Hey, Travis. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I think I've talked to you more today than in my other podcast guests. It's all good to double down. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Double it up. I love that you have a podcast. We're going to talk about that in a minute because I love 52 Weeks of Hustle. But I, I love that you are on the show right now to talk about sports and recruiting and making a difference in people's worlds and helping people get a job, helping them pivot, find their wife, find their happiness. And I, I know General Sports Worldwide just bought or merged and bought the clubhouse, but like, I want to kind of roll back through what exactly General Sports Worldwide does. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, my, myself and, and my business partner and a mentor of mine, Lou DePauli, who most recently was the CRO of the New York Mets, almost a year ago, kind of started a, a vertical that we've partnered with General Sports Worldwide. One part of our vertical is the recruiting and search. So from a variety of executive level roles and go out and recruit and search from a return on energy, which we can certainly dive into. And the other part is consulting and sales and leadership training that you know puts me on the road most weeks, training a variety of, of entertainment and sports. And so General Sports Worldwide is owned by Andy Appleby. He's based out of Rochester, Michigan. And, and Andy has been very influential in the sports business and the sports community from, from owning teams, both here domestically and over, you know, kind of across the pond. And, and uh, Andy has built out General Sports Worldwide, which has a variety of verticals between sponsorship, between MMA, bringing on, you know, kind of sports agents, both over the UK and here domestically. And then uh, Lou and I are, are leading up a charge with great team members in Gentry Mullins and Kayla Lawson and part of the, the search vertical, as well as the training and consulting. And then you know, to your point, Sarah, a couple months ago, we acquired the Clubhouse, which is a career development platform that we just think continues to enhance what we do as a full service agency. So let me pivot here for a second. General sports worldwide. I mean, we get that you guys are all about sports world and connecting the dots and growing the industry overall. The clubhouse, which I know came on board a few months ago, is built to help. I want to say interns, people out of college to, who want to be in sports, become agents to work within the field. And it's also pivots over to actual sports executives who maybe want to shift between leagues, teams, or how do you step out? of a sports team into a tech or, you know, without the team's calling card behind you. Is all of this part of the clubhouse or is this part of general sports worldwide and clubhouse just took over that arm of it? A little bit of both, you know, from, from our vertical that we're kind of, you know, acquiring the clubhouse that rolls up through general sports worldwide. But Sarah, you hit the nail on the head, right? That the clubhouse is really a career development platform that hosts a mentorship program where we have over 180 plus members, including yourself, which we certainly appreciate that are raising their hands. I want to give back. I want to help people. And, and they are scheduling mentor calls and mentor calls can only be from people in college to people in the business and everywhere in between. We've got blogs where we're, we're having a lot of our mentors write consistent blogs about the sports business as a whole. We host three webinars a month between mental health, as well as kind of just 
C-level executives being on our webinars, talking about a variety of topics. We have a training vault, which you know, over the last couple of months has really been geared towards sales training. We're now enhancing that training vault to all verticals in the sports business. We realize people want to work in sports in a variety of areas from, from marketing, sponsorship, sales, HR, finance, et cetera. And then we have a job board as well. So variety of jobs from sports teams to sports entities to, to vendors and, and everywhere in between. So it's certainly a platform that we're going to look to continue to enhance that if you are either want to get in this business or you want to have a long career in this business, you should be a part of it because there's going to be great content. There's going to be great mentors and there's great opportunities to engage with some of the industry leaders. Yeah, it's so funny because I know we just sent out our newsletter. We always have on the monthly who's on our radar. We had you guys on our yep. radar to our entire industry. And I love what you're doing because I feel like you guys have a purpose and intent to help others. And you stick out in my mind right now, Travis, because not that I'm comparing anybody, but I'm comparing you guys right up there, the company you keep, right? NFLPA. We work with NFLPA. They're all about helping the players, how to get up when you're done with the team. How do you function as a doctor, a lawyer, how, the financials, the education? How do we do this? And then we talk to ESPN Global Citizenship and their global citizenship is all about the future of sports, using sports to elevate the future of doing good, doing well. And it's I mean, I'm always about the company you keep. So that is like the biggest compliment because those are two brands that we work with that we hold in such high regards and their purpose to help elevate the sports industry. I put you right there with these guys because you fill a niche that both have tremendous goals and DNA, but what they're missing is all what the clubhouse and general sports worldwide does. And I think that's a big part of it is, you know, going back to, to Lou DePauli and I, and, and Lou and I, you know, he was, he was kind of one of my first mentors in the business. And in the first six years of my career, I worked with him both at the Atlanta Hawks and Thrashers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I remember times that, it'd be nine, 10 o'clock at night and there'd be a, a rain delay. And him and I were just brainstorming ideas of like, how can we assist? How can we become that full service agency? And, you know, both him and I, that's where our passion was, is we love to give back. We've spent a lot of time on the, on the team and on the league side. One of the things that we, we love to do is we have a passion for recruiting and interviewing and hiring and onboarding and training and consulting and sharing best practices. So it kind of merged together. And that's what we view the clubhouse as is this is a career development platform that, that we can just continue to give back. We have industry leaders to continue to give back. And, you know, it's, it's looked at as a really big opportunity for you to just continue to evolve, you know, on, on all of my trainings, when I go into market and talk to teams, it's like, you've got to have a passion a passion for your craft, a passion for your brand, a passion for what you do. You've got to have a hell of a work ethic, you know, willing to go above and beyond the call of duty every single step of the way. And you got to be extremely coachable and you'll be willing to evolve, be willing to change and think outside the box. And I think those are the three things you can control. And I think those are the three things that, you know, from a variety of industry leaders are going to continue to enhance and assist the clubhouse to build out a, a very big career development platform that, Again, it has a job board, which is great. But more importantly, hopefully people that are, that are on the clubhouse are enjoying their job. They don't care about the job board. They care about having weekly calls with mentors. They care about listening to industry leaders on a webinar. They care about training videos because they want to continue to get better and to be in that chair one day. Yeah, it's all about knowledge is power and be around the people you want to be. They always say you can never be the smartest person in the room. You're never going to grow and learn. Yep. 
Yep. That's a, that's a challenge, right? If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. So how long has General Sports Worldwide been around for? When was it founded? Yeah. So Andy Appleby has owned, owned General Sports Worldwide for almost 20 years now. And so he's just continued. And over the last couple of years, he's really built, he's acquired several different, you know, entities and companies to build that platform. And, you know, it's, it's been great. It's, you know, it's, it's getting us, we're, we're immersing ourselves in kind of over the pond. We've got a variety of, of entities that we're doing recruiting and searching for as well as training and consulting. And so a ton of opportunity and it's, it's a lot of fun. Do you guys have an area that works with athletes versus the executive side? We do. Yeah. So there's a, there's a platform, you know, there's, there's two areas, one over in the UK that is a player agency that, you know, from a a sponsorship an agency, et cetera, you know, transfer rights, they have a variety of of athletes in cricket, rugby, football. And then we actually have a, a player agency here domestically as well in the United States. I love this. Okay. So I want to talk about pre-Clubhouse, pre-GSW, you ran VP of Lot Ticket Sales, sponsors for the Miami Marlins for quite a bit. Okay, I want to ask, because I know you your timing of that was right up before, and I hate to even talk about COVID anymore because we're <laughs> past that, but you worked on that right up to COVID. I want to talk to you about that. I, I mean, I know you've shifted from ticket sales and all of that to a higher level of industry support yep. industry together. Like, do you feel there has been any kind of like breakage between where we were pre-COVID and where we are now? Yeah. I mean, I think you know, like I've spent my entire career you know, on the team and league side and, you know, whether it be at the Marlins or the Pirates or the Hawks, the Magic, the Suns, uh, you know, with the NBA league office, I think, and this is something that I've talked to a lot of teams about and, and leaders is if you're still leading the same way you did pre-pandemic, you're going to fail, you know, and, and you think about it and that comes in multiple verticals, right? You think first on like the recruiting end, you know, I was one 15 years ago coming out of college from Ohio, got offered $8 an hour in commission. It was a nine month program and it was a sink or swim, but I had such a passion to want to work in sports. Like didn't bother me that I didn't have benefits. Like I wanted to find a way. And as you think about how this world has evolved and you think about some of these new tech companies, you know, these new opportunities where they're coming in and they're offering a guaranteed salary. They're offering complete remote work. They're offering where you can't work nights and weekends. Like in the sports and entertainment end, we may not be able to compete necessarily compensation wise, but we've got to be able to figure out and leaders have got to be willing to evolve and figure out how can we still recruit the top talent? How can we get good, great and elite salespeople or, or elite talent, regardless of what role. And so I think that's one thing that has, has certainly shifted. I think the shift had started pre-pandemic during the pandemic. I think that's when it, it really kind of opened the eyes for a lot of teams and a lot of entities So we've got to figure out how do we evolve and still hire the best talent. Maybe that means you don't hire as big a staff, but you can pay the staff a little bit more. Maybe that means there's some sort of hybrid work and, you know, where it's, two days in the office or three days in the office, two days where you can work remote, as long as you're being held accountable and hitting your goals. And so I think that's a big part of it. You know, the second part of it is like within sports entities and specifically within ticketing, you've got your, your season tickets or your membership is a big base of it. Then you have your group tickets, which is big. And then you have your individual tickets. Well, you had some of your, your B2B members that maybe didn't feel comfortable during the pandemic because they were inviting clients out. You had your groups where you may have school and church and youth groups bringing out 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people. Obviously, over the last couple of years, those have come to a halt. And so as you look across the industry and across the board from a, you know, and this is why I always talk about in the, in the sports end of things is 
there's that goal one A and goal one B. It's volume and yield, right? So you want as many tickets sold, but you also want you know your ATP, your average ticket price. And you ask any owner what's more important, they're going to say both. And so I think where teams have got to be shifting focus right now is like how are they going to generate group sales? You know, because most of these group leaders haven't booked a group in the last two years. There's, there's going to be a lot of empty seats if you can't sell groups. <laughs> I just I love the I love. That I think from an owner standpoint, CEO standpoint, they're shifting the mindset to fan-based interaction and innovation. And I mean, those are the two keys across the board. I want to go around, like, I want to do around the world with Travis Apple right now, because you have such an amazing background. So we're going to start. I, three, I love it. three best things you did with the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, I think one of those things is when, when we first got there, I was there for the 18th, 19th and 20th straight losing seasons. Two of the years we were mathematically eliminated by the all-star game, but we still grew ticketing revenue. We were top 10 in, in MLB and, and we're growing it tremendous amount. And so I think that was a big thing. I think one of the big things that, that I love from that team and we hang our hats on a lot is there's a lot, as you look around a variety of sports teams right now, there's a lot of people in leadership chairs that started with us in entry-level sales and inside sales right out of college. And we were help grow and develop them. And they've went on to to bigger and better things, which is uh, really exciting and awesome as you look at that. And I think the third thing is, I think we really were able to, to plant in Pittsburgh and immerse ourselves kind of back in that community and marketplace and say like, look, we may not be a winning team on the field, but we're going to sell games out. I mean, it had been a while since games were sold out and it just goes to show like, look, you know, I, I'm not the, the whole cliche saying, it was like, well, if the team wins, fans will come like, Fans will come regardless of team performance if you have the right personnel in place. Yeah. Okay. So regardless of the losing streak there, when you were there, what was the um, like light in the tunnel? Because we all talk about everybody's going to have their good and their bad moments. You're going to succeed and fill on and off the field. Out of a three-year, I'm going to say with three years, right? Three years losing streak, you're there. What was the one good thing that came out of that? What was the learning point of that? Yeah. I mean, I think it really like, it was always something I thought it was my first leadership you know, experience when I got there. I think I was 24 years old. And it was one of those things like I quickly realized that the value of people go a long way. And what I mean by that is like, if you can go out and recruit high A-level talent, regardless of what goes out on the, on the field, you can still have success. And I think that was the cool thing that we did. And that was the thing that we could hang our hats on at the end of the night. Like, yeah, we may lose 105 games out of the year, but we're growing ticket revenue, we're crushing goals and we're building careers. And I think that, you know, really shown, you know, it, there was a time that it was like, you'd go to a career fair and there was 40 teams. Everybody knew the pirates were going to be one of them that is going to attract a level talent. The best and worst favorite moments with the magic. You're down in Orlando for a bit. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the cool things about Orlando is, is like everybody thinks about, it's like you Disney, you think of tourism, you think of travel and, and there was a, a tourism department that we built out and continue to enhance. I, you know, when I got there, it was built out and they were doing a tremendous job and we continue to build it and add layers to it. I think that was probably the best part of just understanding that business, which I then both in Phoenix and in Miami brought in a tourism department because there's just so much opportunity, opportunity there. And I think, you know, I, I look back, I don't know the, the worst moment. I think what's always one of the interesting moments when I got to the magic was Amway center had been built. It was in its, it was going into its fourth year. 
Dwight Howard had just left Stan Van Gundy. The coach had just been fired. You know, the team had number two pick in the draft. So it was, it was not a, a winning product. The arena was a little old. And I thought what was always interesting was like, although the arena was only three, four years old, there are still things that were just like obsolete already. And I think that just goes to show like how fast our world is moving. And you think back to that time in, in 2013, you know, iPads weren't that popular. And so like in the loge boxes, there were just like set screens. And it was like, holy shit, if we would have had iPads, we could like do concession ordering. Like there's opportunities. And it's like just little things like that. And as you think about any of these places that are brand new builds or renovations, every single time within a couple of years, they're constantly renovating already because just the technology is so fast and, and moving. I think that's the challenge. But I think the worst part, I think it was a little bit is on the tourism end. It's, it's funny because you're like, you have Disney in your backyard. Yeah. But Disney does such a great job. They don't want you in there because, you know, if, if you've ever been to Disney, you stay at the hotel property. There's a ton of restaurants. There's a ton of amusement parks. There's a ton of shows like they do everything to keep you there. And so it's hard to get people out of Disney. It's like Vegas. You just spent three days in Vegas and realize you don't know if it's daylight or like you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You're just locked in. So they do a tremendous <laughs> job with that. Certainly. Okay. I'm going to ask you because, you know, this is my hometown favorite moment in the sun when you're in Phoenix. Cause that, yeah, that is, you, those are my boys and I don't care who we're playing. I always got to go with my home team. But let's talk about your favorite moment in the Valley of the sun. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the suns was, was fun because we had four different entities. You had the Phoenix suns, you had the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA, you had the Arizona Rattlers of the then arena wow. football league. And you had the Northern Arizona suns, the NBA G league. And so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of moving pieces. We had a large staff that there was, you know, constant things going on. And I think just being able to, is, as we looked at one year, hitting all four goals and surpassing them because I, as the biggest challenge in this business is time management and efficiency. And it's like, you know, you need to spend most of your time on like the suns because it's like the highest business goal, but you're also held accountable to some of these other entities, you know, and the three other entities and just be able to like to hit goals and see the staff that were able to like, you know what, we worked really hard, but we hit some goals and we had some fun and we had a lot of growth there. So it was a lot of fun. And again, not a ton of winning teams at the time, but we had the right personnel. I always call it like the rise and fall of the sun. Sun goes down, it always comes back up again. Yeah, and exactly. I know they crushed the Mavs in semifinals the other night as well. Yep, yep, so exactly. I'm always so, but we were at a Lakers game. It was, it was one of the years during finals, and we were in Lakers territory on the court. I'm a Suns girl because I'm from there. I know the Clangelos, know yep. and everything. I was the only one rooting for the Suns. I was like, holy shit, I'm in Lakers territory and this is getting ugly. Yeah, you got to be careful. I held my ground with my boys. Okay, let's talk about life in the league. You also did a stunt. You're over at the NBA, one of our favorite leagues and we're always talking about these days. How was league life compared to team life? Yeah, so I I worked in in this branch, which ironically enough, uh, a couple of mentors of mine, Bernie Mullen started years ago. Luda Pauly, who's my business partner now, was one of the first employees called Team Marketing and Business Operations. And I came in to oversee all ticketing and premium for all the NBA, W and G League teams at the time. I think there's 63 teams. So every week I was traveling on the road. You know, I was based in Manhattan, going to the office typically on Mondays, fly out Monday night, spend several days, several multi-trips in a week. And it was really fun. And I think 
you know, I was recruited there by uh, another mentor of mine, Brendan Donahue, who's now the commissioner of the 2K League of, of esports to come in and just, you know, help teams. And so I think going back and I think that's really what ultimately drove me to do a couple of things. One, to start this business that, that I'm in now, because I just had such a passion going to teams and helping consult and train and share best practices. And, you know, when you go into a team, you would meet a lot of times with owners and C-level executives all the way down to interns and everywhere in between and just trying to help and provide that, that support and best practices. So, you know, on one end, you're, you're learning a lot of best practices you can apply to other teams and you can learn the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think during that time, it's, it opened my eyes to a lot of different areas of our business. It certainly exposed me to, to different areas that maybe I didn't have as, as much time spent when you're on the team side. So it was a lot of fun. And the other analogy I like to give and, and kind of showcase is, you know, on a given year, I was spending 220 nights in a hotel, 140 flights a year. And so you, you had, I'm, I'm a Delta person, I'm a Marriott person. And so just understanding like the value of customer service they provide and what are those things that you can provide back to teams as best practices. I mean, one of the things that I took with me, for example, was Delta. You know, when you get into your status levels, you get choice benefits. As soon as I got down to Miami, we created a new membership platform and had the tyranny of choice. We got choice benefits. And that's something I stole from Delta. Just I think it was a, it was such a cool and unique you know, benefit. And so, so that was a lot of fun. And that certainly gave me a lot of you know, time and flights and hotels that I put a lot of pen to paper and, and published a book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. And I think you know, throughout that time, it's something that was on my bucket list. But also I realized that, hey, there's a big opportunity for somebody that has been in this business, just be as very transparent about this business as possible and, and provide kind of that blueprint to be successful. So a quick question, so I, before we run out of time here, you were a chief revenue officer at one of your companies, Mr. an event firm, you were an owner of Catalyst Sports. Were these two companies, I mean, they weren't team driven, they were on the tech side, dealing in the sports arenas? When I was at the Marlins, I brought in a company called Event Dynamic. That was a dynamic ticket pricing tool and, and joined them as, as the chief revenue officer. And I think that was one of the business that really made me say, hey, you know what? It's time, it's time to start my own thing. Gave it a lot of entrepreneurial eyes, had some ownership stake in the company. And it was, it was a really you know, interesting to, to not only broaden my network, but to understand the tech. And, and it helps me to do what I'm doing today is because you think about it as like, when I'm going in, whether I'm selling tech, I'm selling my services right now to help recruit or to help consult and train. I think we have a leg up versus a lot of competitors in the space because I've walked a mile in their shoes. I've spent time on the team side. So you don't have to necessarily tell me, Hey, this role does this. I've been there. I've done that. You know, and I can resonate with people, whether they've been in the business for a year or 20 years, because I've sat in their chair. And so, you know, through the pandemic, like everything, I always told people, when you get out of the pandemic, you're going to know who spent their time and energy and effort really pushing forward and making things happen. And I think I looked at the pandemic as something and an opportunity. Catalyst was something where I started my own company. And I started that own company in the recruiting consulting end and in the training end and, and thinking to myself, okay, is this going to be a viable business option? And it was, and it was actually even more than that. And I realized quickly, I needed budget. I needed resources. I needed help. It was just me. It was a one-man show. And that's when I ended up you know, joining Lou and General Sports Worldwide. And so it was a great opportunity. It was uh, you know, something that if it was 10 years ago, I couldn't do what I'm doing right now. I think what, what has helped me you know, become you know, kind of part of what I'm doing now is 
I spent 15 years on that team and league side in a variety of positions. You know, I always kind of joke with people. I keep track of my record when I was on the team side. I made the playoffs the first year of my career. I have a 330 winning percentage. So I've worked with a lot of like, lack of better term, shitty teams on the, on the quarter, on the field. They're called but, G leagues. They're not but, shitty teams. They're G league. Th- yes, exactly. <laughs> but we're still able to find ways to, to have success, which has been a lot of fun. So you went to the team side, you pivoted over to the other side. Is a grass green or just a different shade of green? Yeah. You know, it's always funny, right? Like I get asked a lot of times, would you go back to the team side? And I think, you know, look, it would be hard for me to go back to team side right now because I'm, I enjoy what I'm doing. I have a passion for giving back. I have a passion for recruiting, consulting, training, but like anybody, like there's not one person in this world or they're lying to you. If they're like, I would never do that because if the right opportunity with the right ownership, the right leadership, the right people, you always want to you know keep your ears open. But I spent 15 years getting ready to do what I'm doing now. And it's going to be hard to, to look back or move elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, I think, nothing's perfect, right? There's always going to be politics. There's always going to be things going on. There's always going to be things that are out of your control, or there's going to be like head scratchers of like, why would that happen? Or why would that do that? But, you know, I think what I tell everybody is good things happen to good people. If you put yourself in a good position and like every day, are you putting yourself in a position to dominate your day? Like, you know, I always tell people like, you should have a mirror at your desk and in your cube, not to like, look, to make sure you look good. We're all good looking. (laughs) But like at the end of the day, did you give it your all? Did you grade yourself? Did you dominate your day? And if you didn't, do you know what you're supposed to do the next day to make sure you do that? I always say the grass isn't green. It's a different shade of green. Figure out which side you could sell best at. But I'm always all about, you know, with our partners, our clients, especially on the sports side, you got like what you just said, you wake up every day. You got three questions. You have three things you got to do on every situation. Give in, give up or give it all you got. Yep. That's it. Exactly. You've got to figure out which, where you you're going. Nail on the head. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's so, so no, I mean, I love this. I love your, I mean, I love everything about what you're doing, but I also think the reason why, and I love that you, you did the team side. Now you're over on this side. When I think to your point, Travis, of maybe not going back, you've did that. You love where you are because you're in a position to actually not just, you know, something else to buy tickets. Great. They're all happy. Had a great season, great team. They're, fan base interaction, but you're actually helping people right now, not just be happy, but evolve, understand how they get to that next level. You're seeing that end result of what makes people happy, of what motivates, inspires them, moves them to the sports industry. And I love that the pivot isn't just a one-off buy ticket, have a great experience. It's a long longevity, long-term sustainable to thrive and survive in and out of the sports world the future of sports. I think that's why it's such a good fit for you because you're helping people grow into who they want to be compared to the ticket side. Yeah. And you know, and and along those lines, even in the ticketing space, right? Like I I always train, one of my trainings is from a mindset mentality is you have to be a consultant. And it's kind of fun now because that's kind of my titles, right? I'm a consultant. Uh, I'm going to help companies and entities in a variety of ways. And, you know, I think from a consultant perspective, both from if you're selling somebody a ticket, or you're doing what I'm doing, or you're recruiting talent, consultants are the ones that assess. They get to know them. They build rapport. They see and understand the value proposition that can become from that. Where if you're a sales rep, right? The the used car salesman, you're coming on a lot and I'm just force feeding a product that's going to benefit me. You know, no different. You you don't want to force feed a ticket to somebody because then they're not going to be a long-term customer. I, in my issues, I don't want to force feed somebody to a job that they get there six months and they're like, this place is a shit show. 
I'm never working with Travis again or general sports. And so I think it's understanding everything you do. You should have that consultant mentality where you want to build rapport. You want to assess people. You want to understand where they see the value proposition and then figure out what's the best fit. I call it a coach. Yep. You call it a consultant. It's the same thing, right? Tomato, tomato. Coach Travis Apple here. Okay. What is your favorite sport? To play or watch? Okay. Let's go with playing first. Play then watch. Yeah, I think I think playing probably is basketball. I I wish I could do it a little bit more of. Back in my my (laughs) younger days, I did a little more of it. Okay. Favorite team to watch as a spectator? Favorite team is, you know, it's, it's funny. It's uh, and, and a lot of people that have worked on the team side, you they'll understand this is when you go to a sporting event, you don't enjoy it as much as you did as you, as a kid, because you're constantly having your business hat on. So you're seeing like, I would try this or what about this? But at the end of the day, my favorite sport to watch, and maybe it's because I've never worked for a team in the NFL. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. And so I, I try to watch most of those games. Nice. Okay. Favorite NBA team. Favorite NBA team, you know, I certainly follow the the Hawks and the Magic and the Suns because I, I work for them, but I grew up Northwest Ohio, Bad Boys era, Detroit Pistons. Loyalty. Okay, let's pivot over to the ice, hockey. So, you know, it's interesting. And this is something I, I tell a lot of people. I grew up in Ohio. The Columbus Blue Jackets came into the market. When I was like high school, college, I'd never been to a game. My first NHL game was when I was interviewing with the then Atlanta Thrashers. And I was so nervous because I'm like, I know nothing about hockey. I don't know the rules. I don't know the players. And I look back and like, I sold a ton of thrashers tickets. And still <laughs> this day, I didn't know any of the players or, or rules. And so, you know, as I look at that, I still, you know, they've since moved to Winnipeg jets. I still follow a little bit of the Winnipeg jets, but then when I was in Pittsburgh, you know, the Pittsburgh penguins had just built a new arena. I, I follow them a little bit. That's so funny. My first NHL team, was um, the Coyotes. We actually helped launch the Coyotes. First, oh, nice. First year ever NHL history, an inaugural team won the Stanley Cup. Yep, that exactly. That was tremendous. Okay, favorite MLB team, favorite baseball team? So I grew up a, a huge Cal Ripken Jr. fan and so still follow the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, God, any fan but Baltimore fans. That's so funny. Okay, it's going to be fun. We get the NFL season with you. On yeah, Sunday. exactly. I think it's interesting because we always talk about NFL, NHL, and NBA. And I know I do. So I think that's kind of where our sports experiences and it's continuing in the same area. We don't talk about MLB that much. And I just kind of just came to my head when you said that out of all four leagues, I mean, rugby, no, rugby's a, rugby's a league. I know yep. rugby, which I mean, tennis. Okay. There's a lot golf, PGA, you know, yeah, Matt NASCAR, F1. Like, yeah. yeah you. Wait, what's the biggest league push with world sports with you guys in clubhouse? I mean, we're the top three leagues. Is that a fair question to ask? Yeah. You know, it, it's honestly, it's, is even if you look at our, our platform right now from a job board, from a mentors that are on there, from people that are writing blogs, like, we're across the, the board, you know, from college athletics, there's some, some top college entities that, that partner with colleges that are out there. We've got MLS, we have USL, ECHL, AHL, like then you've got the, the NBA, MLB, NFL, like you've got the Verizon, you have NASCAR, you have F1, you have tennis, you have golf, you know, in the PGA Tour and Club Corp, you know, it's a, it's a variety. Like I, I couldn't sit here and say, hey, we're going to target one or another, because I think that's the cool thing that we provide as quote unquote, the full service agency that we do 
whether you're a team that has 10 total employees or 300, we can help recruit or, or train and, and consult with, with whoever. And whether your P&L is, you know, and your goals are a couple million dollars in, in revenue or hundreds of million dollars in revenue, we can assist and help. So yeah, we don't really narrow our focus. And, you know, we even work with a lot of sports entities and, and kind of in the vendor space as well. Okay. Now that makes sense. Your, your sports diversity is a tremendous. So regardless of which way you guys go. And I love yeah. that. Okay. All time favorite. Last question of the hour, given every three letter team and um, league we have favorite MVP this year. Hmm. It's a good question. You know, it's interesting. Cause like first, when you said MVP, the, the immediate thought was an MVP of like a business and like what business like impressed me or, or came out and, and really showcased some things that I didn't. Oh, didn't okay. Anticipate. So this is my fault. This is my lack of communication as a PR person. Let's go. Favorite MVP in the sports, whether it's a, a QB, a team, a company. Give me your favorite sports MVP. No rules, yeah. no boundaries. Yeah. You know, and look, the, this is is a little bit biased, maybe because they're they're friends of mine, but I'm also very impressed with what they do is a company called Logitech's. They're in the, the secondary space and the secondary ticketing space. And you think about the ticketing landscape as a whole. I've just been very impressed with what they've done as far as evolving, where the ticket broker business used to just be, hey, let's buy tickets and resell them. They have really turned that model to what's the partnership look like for a team side? How does a team entity gain the most upside? How does a team understand the value of data and like who's actually attending their games? And I think Logitech has done a tremendous job of kind of evolving and then has now spread that across all leagues and entities to be able to gain, you know, data is such a big piece of it. Revenue is a big piece of it. You know, no team wants to sit there and be like, my team just went on a playoff run and I had this other person make all the money when it, you know, it should have been mine. And so between that and data, I think they've, uh, they've done a tremendous job of, of coming out of the pandemic. You know, they've also partnered and in, in became an investor in, in true ticket, true tickets, which is kind of in that, in that metaverse space, which is a, an interesting thing to take a look at as well. That's a whole other conversation on yeah. a whole other podcast on the metaverse. Exactly. Okay. If you only had one team you could watch the rest of your life, which one would it be? You know, so this is interesting. So I had the, the ability to go to Italy a couple of years ago and I went to my first football match in AC Milan. And so ever since then, I've kind of followed them. So if there's only other one, you know, sport entity that I could go to live or watch, I'd probably target AC Milan just because I'm, I'm hooked now. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh my God, it was so good to have you on the show. Okay, so the clubhouse, theclubhouse.com, athletes, executives, whether you're coming out of college, anybody out there who really wants to get into sports there to go to the clubhouse.com, correct? Uh, it's it's clubhouse.sportsbusiness.solutions. But later, if you just type in the clubhouse, it, it'll pop up on your Google and you know, yeah, it's, it's, there's a free membership. There's a pro membership that's $7 a month. Literally I joke with people, it's one drink, you know, to invest in yourself. Like, are you willing to invest, you know, $77 for the year? to invest in your career growth and development. But yeah, and, and for those listeners out there that want to be more involved from a blogs or, or training videos or being a mentor, love to have you. For those leaders out there that are listening and saying, hey, I want additional training and support for my teams. Love to be a part of it. For those people that want to get in this business, love to be a part of it. You know, we, we've got a big network and we're continuing to you know, enhance that career development platform. 
And for the teams and agents and athletes, world sports is the way to, is to place to yeah, go. General sports worldwide. Yeah. It's a, it's a great moving company and, and certainly we can assist in any way we can. Awesome. Travis. It was so good having you on here. I know we have a lot of sports teams we work with who, who follow us. So, you know, these are two really great entities for the future of sports. Yeah, no. Awesome. Well, Sarah, I, I always appreciate your time. It's always catching up, great catching up and, and yeah. certainly appreciate you having me. Now it was so good having you on. This is Sarah Miller with Media Mavis Podcast. Travis Apple, so awesome having you on. And we look forward to having more shows with you. Thank you so much. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens Podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.